Hello and welcome back to Profession Up with me, your host, Ali. I'm really excited to be launching today's episode of Profession Up. It's our first episode with a guest. I'm really pleased we have with us Andy Street, who is the mayor of the West Midlands and the former CEO of John Lewis. Now, before we get stuck in with the actual episode, just a quick note to say that we did have some technical difficulties recording this uh, this episode. Of course, COVID has presented new challenges. This is a learning curve for me. It's my first of a podcast, so do bear with me. Uh, slowly but surely, we will get there. Nonetheless, I hope you gain something from today's episode. So here goes. Uh, this is the first episode we're doing with an actual guest, which is very exciting. Uh, I'm really pleased to reveal our first guest, which is Andy Street, Mayor of the West Midlands. Andy, welcome to Profession Up. Well, Ali, it's brilliant to be on with you. I didn't know I was going to be the first, but delighted to be. <laughs> um, no, we're going big. We're starting big. Um, so just a quick introduction uh uh, on who Andy actually is, uh, for those of you who don't know listening uh, today. So Andy's currently the mayor of the West Midlands. Uh, a bit of background about Andy. Before becoming mayor, Andy combined a career at John Lewis, uh, Britain's most successful workers' cooperative, with a number of high-profile economic roles too. Uh, starting on the John Lewis graduate scheme, Andy rose through the ranks to become managing director overseeing one of the most successful periods in the company's history. In 2017, Andy was elected the first ever mayor of the West Midlands, representing around 2.8 million people across seven local council areas. Um, Andy, I'm going to dive straight in, if that's okay, and hope you forgive me for this. But my first question to you, and I think the, the question on most of the listeners' minds, is probably what is it like being mayor for a region that has the second largest economy in the country? Well, that question will be taken all sorts of ways, can't you, Ali? But I guess the most, the word that comes immediately to mind is it's actually a huge privilege. So this is my home region. Uh, and I thought that uh, it has huge potential, could perhaps do a little better than it was doing some years ago. And so when the electors here gave me the chance, and I did just feel a huge sense of honour, really, uh, Let's be honest, this year sure. has not been as we expected it to be. But uh, mm. so in terms of the challenges thrown at us are rather different. But it hasn't changed my incredible sense of honour that I've been given this opportunity. And whatever happens after, as you said in your introduction, I'll always be the first. We all remember Ken Livingston as the first mayor in London. Whether you agree with him or not, he set the thing up. And I hope in years to come, people will say the same about me. Brilliant. Fantastic. I can imagine for being the first is always always an interesting one because you get to shape the role, I suppose, exactly. to, some, to some degree as well, don't you? Um, now, of course, I mentioned John Lewis earlier on. And, you know, let's start with that. Let's go back to, you know, that that those beginnings at the retail sector. How did how did that happen? And did you always see yourself, you know, staying at John Lewis and working your way to the top? Or was that something that you think happened by, by chance? Uh, by uh, the truthful answer there, Ali, is it was an accident. So okay. at university, I didn't intend to go into retail. My first career choice was to become a social worker and uh, right. got thwarted in the sense I actually applied to Birmingham City Council to be a social worker. And they wrote uh -huh. to me all those years ago and said, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, there was a combination. I'm not actually sure if it was they'd run out of money or, or that they were keen to say that I needed more experience. <laughs> I suspect both were true. But anyway, uh, so I was stopped <laughs> in my first ambition. 
And then I thought, well, okay, where am I going to get some interesting experience? And so I looked around the different retailers and thought, yeah, John Lewis, that, that's a great graduate training scheme. And the reason I chose them was that in the sort of um, interview, not the interview, the sort of presentations that they came out to universities to do, right. they had by far and away the most unusual people presenting, the mavericks. Right, thought, okay. Ah, well, if they can cope with all those mavericks, then there's a little role for me. <laughs> Accident, really, Alex. I think I think a lot of students could relate to these career events at university because you get all sorts coming, and most of them are so so you know, so quite boring. I'm not going to lie, you know, a lot of them are very, have very similar feel. Yeah, uh, it's a PowerPoint in you know quite a hot room, and you come for 45 minutes and leave. So that's good to know because I think we need a bit more exciting yeah. um, uh, university career events. So I think that, that you know, bouncing off that, a lot of students you know looking at careers post university don't often see retail um, as a long-term career option. You know, I think a lot of people see it um, as something they do alongside university, something they do as they're growing up. But it, it, I think a lot of the opportunity in retail as a long-term career prospect isn't something that's actually considered very much by students. How do you think we go about changing that perspective? Well, I think the thing you have to think about, John, is it wasn't just a retailer. It was a different way of doing business. The thing that kept me there right. for 31 years and kept me calm. Mm. Oh, was the fact that it was a workers' cooperative. It was actually yeah. a partnership owned by its employees. And I used to say to my team that if it stops exciting you, that this is a different way of doing business, then get off the bus, frankly, because we've got yeah. to be motivated by that idea. And we were up against the really colossal successful companies, the Tesco's and the Sainsbury's and the M&S's. And our mission was to prove but that workers' cooperative, where the partners shared the benefits of the business, that that could compete with those businesses. So the thing that motivated me and the mm. thing that got the bug for me, think that we could make a very, very different model uh, work. But that's perhaps not the best, the straightest answer to the question. The straightest answer to the question is really to think about retail is a very exciting sector at the moment, it's a deeply competitive sector. And actually reflecting the, the most recent big flotation on the FTSE was from a group called the Hut Group, which is actually partly retail, partly other services. But actually, it just shows how it's changing rapidly. It's going online, of course. And there are mm. new business models there. So I would say if you're a sort of digital entrepreneur, things to do in the future, that that sector is still real opportunities for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I mean, that that's put really well, I think, because I think that is something that probably goes over our head quite a few times when I think about retail. So it's quite interesting to hear from you know someone who's obviously been through it all. Um, but no, thank you for that. I, and then, you know, I, I suppose then, of course, the big the big change happened and you became mayor of the West Midlands. Um, how was that change? What was it like going, you know, working um, in an office like that, uh, you know, with a completely different uh feel probably yeah. to it and then moving into politics. into the political field what how was that so changed? the story how did you find the that story is that uh, yeah i've been um uh, for uh, nearly 10 years and uh, this opportunity to stand for mayor came up and i just thought i'm not gonna let that pass frankly honest, people didn't yeah. give me much chance of winning as the quote unquote <laughs> uh, but i thought i'm not gonna let yeah. that pass i literally just resigned and walked that uh, job in John Lewis and as we all know now was lucky enough to win by a very small uh, majority uh, but people say to me it must be completely different and it isn't actually completely different 
Some really? of the key things are the some of the key things about leadership are the same. About right okay. around you, you can't choose everyone in this role, of course. Uh, mm. And of course, setting your strategy and goals, and then making sure you deliver them. And if you're off course, what you do about them. So those some of those things are exactly the same. There is a big difference in of course, in, yeah, in business. Uh, basically. Everyone's on board, and I and I don't want anyone to think it was a sort of dictatorship. It wasn't. It was a partnership. No, you of course, are, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, people do work for you in this political world. People, a lot of people don't work for me. Indeed, some who I hope we work well with, ultimately, are not on my team. And so there's all this about mm. persuasion, building the teams, consensus, all of that. So different, different way decisions are taken within uh, a business, mm. but some of the skills are the same. Do you think in that sense, I mean, bouncing off that, do you think that your business experience shapes the way you've led the West Midlands in that sense as, as mayor? Uh, yeah, categorically, think... yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, people jo- okay. some people joke, and I think this is probably true, that I'm not a particularly good politician, but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, in terms of being the sort of uh, the executive leader for the region, uh, I think... That sure. is definitely shaped how I do that. I hope that whole sort of piece about bringing people together, working cross-party, uh, I hope that's something I've learned as well. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, brilliant. And, I mean, then, you know, going back to the students and, you know, a lot of students um, you know, looking at post-university career options would potentially not look at politics because there's often this feel that actually you're with politics, you know, you're either in the bubble or you're not. You're either in, in it or you're not in it. Uh, and it's not something that's often seen as quite accessible. And I suppose from your perspective, as someone who uh, wasn't necessarily a politician before they moved into politics or wasn't someone who had worked in politics per se before joining, before, before becoming mayor, I suppose you, to some extent, break that stereotype. And I mean, what would you say to students right now who potentially think that politics is not something they can jump into? I would say uh, they're probably right. Now, let's explain what you might think right, a okay, surprising sure. answer there. Um, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. If you are 21 or whatever and you think you want to go for a, a career in politics uh, and want to go off to London and work as a SPAD, in, uh, a special advisor that is in London, I would probably say no. Think again. Uh, and do a job in business, commerce, public sense yeah. first. Get something you really understand about. It's always hard to remember this when you're a, a student, but working careers are long times. So you don't need to jump into politics just yet, and you will be a much better political person if you've done something mm. else first. And I feel that very strongly. But I do not, the second half of your question, I do not believe that you have to be in the Westminster bubble to have an influence in politics. Uh, and I hope I do demonstrate that. And I, my hope as well is that there will be more people like that over time. And if you look at how politics works in France, Germany, um, definitely the US, you can build your career in a locality, in a city uh, first, and then potentially move into the centre later. So really important that, that I think there are more examples of that. Absolutely. I suppose, and no, I, pre- I do appreciate actually the honesty in the, in, in the answer because I think um, to, to some, it's not necessarily a case of it not being an accessible career, but it's probably a case of it being a career you go into at the right time. 
um, and, and you know, not something that you, you you can just jump into at any point. It's certainly something that can be done. I think it's just a case of when to yeah. do it. Um, so no, that that makes sense for sure. Um, I mean, one more question I have, you know, before we sort of wrap up, but. A lot of students, and I know personal friends as well, who who have applied at the moment for hundreds of jobs. Um, you know, leave it with with you know school and then university. There was always uh, an understanding of what was next to come. You know, with GCSEs, you knew A levels were next. With A levels, you knew university was next. But after university, there's an element of uncertainty there for a number of you know a number of young people, and with the pandemic, that uncertainty has been, is, you know, tenfold almost because the economy is in an uncertain place. The government is, you know, every, everything is very uncertain at the moment. So for people and, you know, for, pe for young people out there who've applied for hundreds of roles and have either not heard back or have either uh, been rejected from those roles, it's a very stressful time for them. It's, it's a time where they're not really sure where they're headed next. And what, what, what would you say to them in terms of what could we do practically? What could students do? What could young people do? Um, you know, sat at home at the moment that could make them more employable, could better their chances of employment during something as bad as a pandemic? It's a, obviously, a very important question. And the first thing to say is, of course, uh, I, I understand it must be for, um, for your generation. Um, and the difficulties over career prospects at the moment. So it's a very real problem and everyone's got to work together to improve those over time. But the question you ask is about what students can do. Now, if you're a student, maybe um, not just leaving just yet, so you've got a bit of time to shape your offer. I would say try to use airtime that students have. I'm sure there's a lot of that. Um, you'll disagree with me. Um, <laughs> there is, who knows? Um, try to use that. Couldn't possibly to, comment. <laughs> try to use that to demonstrate your skills, whether it be in a voluntary capacity, setting something up with the university, or indeed what you've done here. I mean, it's incredibly, uh, sign of incredible self-starting. So you've got an opportunity to demonstrate some of those skills, even if it's just working in a voluntary group or charity group. But, I mean, we've seen some incredible things. But it will actually say to an employer, this person's got those qualities and they'll have been proven in the work they've done there. Uh, so I think that's very important. We used to say, Ainge on this, that we would um, train the uh, skill, recruit the attitude. And if you can demonstrate oh, what you have yeah. done in your university time, that you've got the, the right attitude that is how you will stand out in that crowded employment market. But please, I don't in any way want to um, uh, play down the critical role that we all have in making sure there are more opportunities uh, because of that. I've yeah. denied that. Uh, it's an enormous challenge. But given that the job market has always been, it is important individuals yeah. think what they do to stand out whilst others we must all think about what we do to improve the market overall. Absolutely. And perfect note to end there, I think. Andy, thank you so much for coming on to Profession Up. It was great to have you as the first guest. And what a brilliant way and to good, start. Good thank luck you to you so much. for all your next, or um, your future. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that is a wrap. Thank you very much for listening. A big, big thank you to Andy Street for coming along to Profession Up, being our first guest. I hope you guys managed to gain something from it. 
Until next time, take care.